shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What is good, familia? It is Thursday, October 27th, 2022. This is episode 82 of the Human Hill Podcast. And there's one singular question. Y'all ready for this? Come on, come on. Hey, hey, hey. Here we are. We back at it again. Welcome to episode 82 of the Human Hill Podcast with your host, Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman and Chibo Cabello. Carlos, for short, coming to you if you are watching on our YouTube channel, humanhopevideo.com. Yeah, y'all all go make sure that you go subscribe to the YouTube channel because it's very helpful for getting the content out there. Um, but I'm just recording this on my phone. Like I'm looking at my phone, at least the video part. Uh, this is the iPhone 14 Pro Max though. So let's see what, what, uh, what the selfie camera in 4K, 24 frames per second looks like. If you're on YouTube, you can tell. Um, all that to say, I'm in a hotel room and you can tell. There is right behind me, one of those little coffee, like Keurig makers. And can I be honest with you? I, um, well, I'm in a hotel, the Embassy Suites here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And whenever I see one of those coffee makers, I think to myself, who in their right mind, who in their right mind actually drinks out of the out of those things? Like there is not any version of caffeine that I would ingest into my ecosystem of esophagus meets stomach meets blood flow meets brain meets caffeine helping me there's not there there's there is nothing that could make me drink coffee out of those things first of all they're like just gross like 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 um uh, now look there's a lot of you that have these things and so i'm, I'm just gonna learn you real quickly okay this is this is not what the podcast is about 
that I'm going to make it what the podcast is about. I want to let you guys know why Keurig is gross. Okay. Can I, can I just tell you? Okay. Uh, besides the science of the coffee. Okay. Now I, 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 I need to let you know that it's not the coffee itself coming out of that thing. That's gross. It's just the fact that it's so hard to clean them that there's this grossness that continues to uh, evolve inside of the Keurig. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, <laughs> this is so spur of the moment. This was not, this isn't part of the podcast. I mean, it could be because we're going to be talking about having like major disagreements. And some of you guys right now are like, Oh my gosh, Carlos is talking about my Keurig. And you know what? I just can't, I can't unsubscribe, unfollow, cancel. Every uh, Carlos is canceled. Carlos and the with the Guzman to He is canceled because he's making fun of my Keurig machine. Listen, I can't afford the fancy grinder. I can't afford all that pour over nonsense. I don't have time for that. I need a Keurig. I need some quick. I need fat. Just, just stick, stick the little cups in there. And it's listen, I'm not shaming you. I'm just trying to help you. And we're going to be talking about having disagreements today. Look, I, I even have notes. This, these are my, you can hear the notes. I have notes. Um, Okay, ready? Here you go. Four reasons why you should avoid cured coffee if you're a real coffee lover. I can't believe this is where we're at. How are we here? Literally five minutes ago, I did not know this is what we would be talking about on the podcast, but here we are. Um, first of all, K-cups K are wasteful, like insanely wasteful, Okay. Um, there's lots of environment, environmental issues going on. Listen to this. In 2015, over 10 billion, yes, billion K-cups were produced in the United States. Okay. If you place them next to each other in a straight line, they would wrap around the entire earth 10.5 times. That's a lot of waste. Okay. Now listen, guys, listen, there's more envir- environmentally friendly ways to be drinking your coffee. Okay. It's not, it's not worth it. Um, okay. Second thing. Ready? Uh, oh, well, hold on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 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 Here's, here's number two. The instant gratification isn't really worth it. Why? Well, let me tell you, they, they rid you of the amazing opportunity to create something. You guys know, I think I've talked about this on the, on the podcast. I know I've talked about it in real life, like on, not that the podcast is real life, but like, on Instagram, I talk, I do a whole bit on why I have my coffee in mugs everywhere I go. Cause I don't want to take it to go coffee coffee because I don't get a chance to enjoy it. Right. So like when you actually take the time to make your coffee, I'm a fan of grinding my own coffee. I do AeroPress. That's like the version I want. I believe that I get the richest flavor, the strongest flavor out of an AeroPress, but even pour over. If you can't, even, even if it was like grind your coffee and put it in a Mr. Coffee, little coffee maker, at least you're using paper filters. You're taking a little bit more time. You're brewing an entire cup, put it in a ceramic mug, just enjoy it. Like take your time. Don't let the K cup rob you of the moment with your coffee in the morning. That's number two. Okay. Number three. It is way more expensive than you think it is. Okay. I mean, absolutely. Every cup of coffee only has 
seven to eight grams of coffee in them, in those little things. Now let's, let's ask ourselves, why is it worth noting this? Well, the average American consumes just under 225 milligrams of caffeine per day via coffee, one to two normal mugs. Since this is seven to eight, it's only half of the coffee used to make a normal cup. So now what are you going to do? That's what, not only does it not taste good, not only is it bad for the environment, but it ain't even going to wake you up enough. Hmm. And then last but not least, the grounds, they're just not, it's just not good coffee. Like bean quality aside, right? The grounds like are already stale. Okay. Have I, have I helped you? No. Uh, half of you guys are like, Carlos, I don't care. It gives me the boost I need. And you know what? I'm glad you don't care. I'm glad because after today's conversation about how to disagree with family members politically, okay, we've talked about hot topic issues, but look, we're just talking politically today. Um, I think that you should be able to say, you know what, Carlos, you have your little fancy hand grinding, pour over AeroPress nonsense, and I'm going to do my K cup. And guess what? We can still be friends and I'm not going to cancel you. You're not going to cancel me. Um, Okay, man, seven minutes and 36 seconds. Look, sometimes this is a lot of times what like my podcast people are like, Carlos, can you stay on track? People want to get like you, you advertise this on, on how we get, uh, I don't even know what I advertise or what, what I, what I titled this podcast episode, but you know, you're like, this is about politics and family and friends. Quit talking about coffee, but no, this is my podcast. I can do what I want. Um, and it's probably why we're going to peak and just stay at the number of you that are listening because you can handle my nonsense. Um, but I do want to get into the depths of the conversation today because I, I believe that, you know, um, politics have become deeply personal um, and none of us can deny that. Even those of us that are like, well, I'm in the middle. Well, just because you're in the middle doesn't mean it's not personal, right? Like just because you're like, well, I can see a little bit of this. I can see some good parts of that argument. Oh, I can also look over here on this side and see some good parts of that argument. That doesn't mean it's not personal. It, it has become deeply, deeply personal. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to lean into why exactly it's been so hard for us um, in this season of politics and what we can do to maybe come out the other side. The midterms are right around the corner. Um, we're seeing all the ads. We're seeing all the Facebook posts and Instagram posts. And people are telling you like, it's so important. I mean, I had like a, like this, this uh, Bible study leader that I follow on the internet, man, I never heard him one time in his life talk about politics. And he got on his Instagram and was like, you need to vote and you need to pray about who you're voting for. And we need to make sure that we don't become the Israel of whatever. And I was like, whoa, like even this dude, like this homeboy is like, like passionate. So I'm like, if that dude is like getting into it and then, and if he's putting that on his Instagram, I guarantee, I know some of his family, I guarantee you he's having some disagreements with some of his family. Um, so yeah, I think we need to just lean into what it looks like and how it is that we can have these conversations, um, and maintain the relationships. The goal here quite simply, is just to maintain the relationship. That, that's all I want. I want to make, because 
If you don't maintain a relationship and you lose a relationship, how in the world are you ever going to do any, like have any movement of the person that you vehemently disagree with? How are you ever going to move them anywhere or show them um, some semblance of your truth if you're not in relationship with them? You know, I mean, what a, what a boring world to just surround yourself with people that just look like you, think like you, vote like you, and talk like you. Um, so I'm, I've got some uh, points that I've made. I've got some points that some friends have made that I think are going to be very helpful for the next few minutes. Uh, if you get would, guys would just give me your time uh, and attention. You guys ready? I'm ready. So this is what we're going to do. Grab a pen. I think there's going to be some noteworthy things you can be taking. Uh, if not, if you're on your run, whatever, I'm just, I'm glad. Make sure you put one foot in front of the other. Um, you know, make sure the volume is okay on your headphones. Um, make sure if the air conditioning turns on in this hotel room while I'm speaking, please forgive me. The quality might not be as good, but I do believe um, that we can maintain relationships during this tumultuous political season. So, Let's talk about maybe somebody that can help us, help us with these relationships. Uh, now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I am a huge fan of BetterHelp. You know, BetterHelp is not for everybody, but it is for somebody. And some of you are in need of therapy. Listen, I have been in therapy for over 13 years. And I'm still so grateful for my therapist, um, everything that they've done for me. I need you to know that you can unload your stress. You can get emotional help, get help with anxiety. You can get help with depression, all of these things with better help. So if you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, better help is a great, great option. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's affordable. And best of all, it's entirely online. So get matched with the therapist after filling out a brief survey. And guess what? You can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be better overall, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash human hope today to get 10% off your first month. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash human hope. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on to the show. Okay. Um, let's, let's just go. Let's, I think we have to admit something first. Um, we need to all admit, everybody can say this together. Let's just say it together. Ready? I, I need you to say it. Politics is personal. Say it. Politics is personal. I think, you know, I even uh, fell underneath the guise that I could convince people that, you know what, like, no, politics is just, you know, this, it's something separate from the, you know, the the rest of how I live my life. And, you know, it's, it's okay to, 
um, you know, vehemently disagree with somebody and, um, but you can, it's just so easy to separate, right? Like it, it's, of course, like it, that person's opinion isn't who they are. Um, I think there's a lot of things that, that I, I fall victim to saying, um, that quite simply just aren't based in reality. And I'll say that most of this, I, I, I think I've been really good the last three or four years, but it was really like 2016 that I was um, in that season where I was like, no guys, like we can just like, you can really set, you should be able to separate your feelings from your vote. Nah, like it's personal. It should be personal. Like, like, shouldn't we actually care about all of these things? It should be personal because every issue is a person. So if every issue is a person, then it becomes personal. Um, and if you have an opinion on an issue and it's not personal, that means you probably don't have a relationship with a person that is affected by the issue. So you probably need to take a, I don't know, just um, take a look at your friendships and um, start some new ones. Um, okay, but let's get back to really, I want us to understand and be okay with politics being personal. It should be. I'm like so passionate about so many issues um, that it's, it's very personal to me. It's personal, but all of those issues are persons. That's why we say it all the time. Say it together. We don't stand on you said it out loud. I, congratulations, round of applause. You've got it. We've got it drilled in your, in your head. We don't stand on issues. We walk with, that's right, walk with people. I learned that from my friend, Mike. Um, and it's, it's been my guiding line. We don't stand on issues. We walk with people, but that doesn't mean that the issues aren't important. They are. And it's deeply, deeply personal, right? So like, let's not pretend Let's not, let's not pretend, let's not just like hang out in like peaceful, easy feeling land and pretend like these issues don't have deeply personal impacts on our souls. They should, um, you know, they, they should. Now, should they completely take over control of every facet of who you are? No, just because an issue is personal to you doesn't mean that it's supposed to affect everything about you. I mean, and you can tell those people, right? I mean, I see those people on the left and I see them on the right. I got friends <laughs> that are living in crazy town on both sides of the aisle and like everything. Oh my gosh. Like you can't even have a conversation about nothing without them turning it into something political because it's like, it's like the air they breathe. This is the air I breathe. It's called being a liberal. This is the air I breathe. Oh, I'm an elephant conservative. I mean, like they just, everything they breathe is that. And like, Y'all got a problem, okay? If everything that you talk about and you listen to and it's all it's all political, then that's where you need to go to betterhelp.com and you, you need to get somebody to help you get get off of that um, that train because that train is is not healthy. There's a lot more things in life than politics. I, I promise you there is. And um, I'm gonna tell you guys a story in a minute about, how, when you figure that out, how it's going to help you even in this thing. So let's not pretend politics don't have a serious impact on our souls. Um, 
I mean, I know for me, you know, especially with social media, sometimes like, like, uh, like friends, political opinions seriously make me question whether or not I can continue to be friends with them. Like knowing what they believe. Right. I had a, um, a fr- <laughs> I had a friend of mine who was a member of a church somewhere in America and they were a, um, uh, they're, they're a black couple and they were members of an all white church. And um, when all of the black lives matter, all of those things started popping, right? Like they, their eyes were open to, holy cow. Oh my gosh. We are in a church filled with uh, maybe what's the nicest way we could say this, like prejudiced people. But then there may be some like straight up racist people and suddenly like they had to bounce. They had to get out of there because it, it wasn't like, it wasn't even like a healthy space. They could even begin conversations. in. so they had to like lead. So like, there's going to be like drastic, drastic choices that some of us have to make. But I would say that most of us aren't there. Most of us can, can continue in the relationships around us um, by trying to adjust a few things. That doesn't mean that there's going to be some of us that need to get out. We're going to get to that in just a second. But, but you know, like I know for me, sometimes I just question, can I, can I remain friends with this person? But if you're in the middle of 4,000 people that are thinking the same way and you think another way, I would just go ahead and tell you right now, unless you have been called by God himself to remain there, you need to get out. Okay. Um, that was free. Okay. So let's, um, let, let, let's, let's just go, let's go straight to like parents. Okay. Um, let's get to a lot of us. I get a lot of, I have a lot of conversations with people that, you know, um, have grown up very either, um, by raised by parents that are very liberal and they have gotten more, cons- uh, um, the, ch- the children, have gotten more conservative through the years, or they've grown up with parents that are very conservative and the children have grown more liberal through the years. Um, literally I have, but like in my own family, I have both, I've, I see this and it's, it's really hard, especially because as politics have gotten more and more personal, um, we, we are more and more wounded because we're seeing like parents, the divide between our, us and our parents um, grow. And, it's, it's personal because that's mommy and daddy, right? Like I, I can't fathom now I'm, you know, I'm lucky my parents and I see uh, pretty closely eye to eye politically. Um, but I know some of you aren't in that space and I need to let you know that I know it's hard. Don't let anybody tell you, Oh, you know what? Just, just hang out with them. It's going to be fine. Just let it blow over. No, no. Like that's not what we need to be doing, but you know, it's hard when you care passionately about the direction that the country's going, but you have parents with opposing views. It's hard. Uh, we see our parents um, and we've seen our parents the whole time we've been growing up is like measured and wise and we love them and we respect them. But suddenly that respect is starting to wane a little bit, right? You're just like, Oh, and even, you know, as people get older, sometimes they get a little bit more stubborn 
and that, and it begins to wane and there is an actual mourning that happens. And I need to, to let you know that it's okay to feel that. It's okay to feel that morning. The first thing that we got to do when relationships begin to fracture because of politics isn't, I, I don't believe it's to rush to, to salvage the relationship. I, I believe that's the second thing we need to do. The first thing I think you need to do is to be okay with mourning the passing of what was. I, I need to let you know that like you, your relationship with Anybody, I mean, just take a look at your relationship with anybody you've had a relationship with is going to change throughout the years. And just because your parents are your parents doesn't mean that's going to change. Doesn't mean that it's, they're just going to be the ones that maintain. No, because you've never been the age you've been. They've never been the age they are. And so this is brand new. Literally every year, it's a brand new relationship with your parents. Just as with your own kids. Okay. This isn't a parenting talk, but you know, I've got three kids. All three of my kids had different parents. Isn't that weird to say? But it's true. They did. They all had different parents. When Sayana was three years old, she had different parents than when Sohala was three years old because I was two years older. When Losai was three years old, he had different parents than Sayana had because I was even two years older than that. And then Losai was in a different phase of life and he was a boy. Everyone has different relationships in every different season. So it's okay to mourn what was but maybe look forward to what can be. Let me say that again. It's okay to mourn what was, but maybe look forward to what can be. Okay. Now to get like practical, like, you know, let's put some handlebars on this thing. I think when we, when, when we're faced with like hard conversations, right? Like say some of you have uh, relationships with your parents and they just, all they want to do is, you know, talk about, you know, politics, right? So say you're like, you know, um, let's, let's take both examples. Say you are talking about the weather. You're like, man, gosh, man, it sure is. Summer just lasted a little bit longer this year than normal. And you're just making a comment about summer. And suddenly your parents are like, oh, you must be listening to Bernie Sanders again. Oh my gosh. Like he can't. And you're like, no, I was just talking about summer. Like they take everything and they spin it to be political. And you're just like, ah, can we just not, can we talk about the weather without it being about Bernie Sanders? Right. Or like, like, you know, if you're like, man, like the gas prices, whew, like they're, they're a mess. Oh, oh, you think those are Biden? That's Biden's fault. Is that, is that what you think? So wait, wait, no, can, can I be, can I be mad about the gas without blaming anybody? Right. So when our parents get to that st- stage, and I believe a lot of parents, I know that a lot of your parents are there. Um, we, we have to, number one, get to the root because the reason why, the reason why they feel that way is, is there is a reason why. And so we have to be good listeners. We have to be good listeners. If you want to salvage the relationship with your parents or with anyone, but I'm talking about parents right now, uh, that you're in a relationship with and you, and they're always talking about politics and you're like, I can't, I can't deal with it anymore. What I would say to you is to actually have like one very intense, one, you don't have to have more than one, one very intentional conversation where you get to be the listener. You get to be a good listener and you get to find out what is this really about? Because every candidate out there, right? They're, they're peddling to, to people and people 
go to them for different reasons. Everybody has a different worldview. Everyone's looking at, everyone's life is different and is looking things from different points of view. And to get to that answer, like what's this really about? There is always going to be a something below their opinion on like a certain issue or a certain politician. If they just say, oh, that politician is blank and they believe this, what's it really about? And I would challenge you to have an hour long conversation where you do not in any way, shape or form interject to give them your opinion. You do not interject to give them your opinion. You do not tell them um, that you believe uh, this or that they should believe that. No, you are just listening. Find the shift, find the shift and See if maybe it's based in a grievance or a loss. A lot of times the shift happens in people's um, political tendencies and leanings through a grievance or a loss. A lot of times that's what happens. And so is it based in one of those two things, right? So listen without replying. It's going to be impossible. I know you're thinking, Carlos, I can't do it. No, just ask them questions. Watch, practice this with me. Ready? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Oh, I get it. Oh, I understand you. Mm-hmm. Try it. Ready? Mm-hmm. Let's all say it together. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that you're agreeing. It means that you're listening. And then you don't have to agree. Just be like, oh, I understand you now. Oh, I, that makes sense to what you believe. I understand why you believe that now. Right? That's what you're trying to get to is you're trying to get to understanding why just because you understand why doesn't mean you're going to agree with it. But if you give them an hour, just give them an hour to talk to you without you talking back, listen to understand, not to reply. I think at that point you're going to get somewhere. Now, what, what if, um, what if you've listened and there's still no movement? What if you listen and you're like, yo, I tried, I listened, understand and now I know, now I know, Carlos, that it is a loss. There's a, it's a loss that has moved them farther to the left or farther to the right. Um, and now what do I do? Well, now you get to make um, a decision. And the f- first thing I tell you is if you've spent that time truly listening to them, they're going to not feel the need to display and voice their opinion constantly. Cause can I tell you why they're displaying and they're voicing their opinion to you constantly? It's because they don't believe that you have heard them. And once you have heard them, okay, I don't have data here. This is only from my own personal application. Once people have know that you have heard them or as in my next book, that's coming out January 26th, how to human, you have seen them. They're not blasting at you anymore. And suddenly you can say, Gosh, man, the gas prices, they suck. And they may go, yeah, they suck. Instead of like, oh my God, what do you, what do you hate Biden? Or man, gosh, it sure is hotter this summer. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what, like, what do you think? Like, like global warming? What, what are you a Bernie guy? Right? No, they're just trying to get you to hear them. But once you hear them on purpose, a lot of times that's going to just dissipate and lower the level of extremism in how they respond to you. But what if they don't, what if they continue? What if they're just like, constantly, you're just like, oh my gosh, can we not talk about, you know, I, I, I mean, I have a friend that everything, it just turns political. 
Well, at that point, you have to make a decision. And I believe at that point, it's okay to shut it down. Say shut it down. Say it again. Shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> you know, as well as I do, that there is no amount of conversation you have or arguments you have with your parents or your loved ones about politics that is going to change their minds. That, that's not really going to happen. Now, maybe some of you guys may be like, no, someone had a conversation with me. It changed my mind. Yeah. Okay. But most of the time they are just, they're thinking about the next thing that they want to say. And you're thinking about the next thing that you want to say. Um, so I, I just go and tell you, I want to give some of you the freedom to shut it down. Sometimes silence is the most loving solution you can have. Sometimes it's okay to just stop, stop being in a relationship. Maybe for the season, maybe, maybe for this season, you're like, you know what? I'll talk to you again in three weeks because none of this is very helpful and just let it, let it go. Is that avoiding? Ah, sure. But sometimes we have to do that for our own mental health. Sometimes we have to do that to save the relationship. Now are some relationships just not even going to be able to be saved with that? Absolutely. But I'll tell you, Sometimes silence is the most loving solution. And then what I would say to do is take a look and we're still, I'm still using parents as an example, but this can really go to anybody. Take a look at um, some of the common values that you've shared. And if you say there's none, you need to do some homework because there are some, Okay. There are common values. There are common values that you share. If somebody was in a burnt, burning down building next to both you and your parents or whoever your loved one is, hopefully you would both have a common value that you need to sprint towards that building and rescue the person. There's a common value. You can find common values. So move, move towards them, right? Connect over shared values because I promise you there are still some. There, there are, but there may not be near as many as there used to be. And it's okay to mourn those. It is. Now I'm going to give you guys in just a second, three, three steps that can help us not only with our family, but with our friends. So stay tuned, but let's talk about two more partners very quickly. I'd like to tell you about my favorite. We've talked about it for a few weeks, mortgage company that I got introduced to. I get it mortgages, you may be thinking, skip. Nope. Listen, if you own a house or want to own a house, there is a mortgage company that I want you to know about called United Faith Mortgage. And they've got this thing called Direct Lender Advantage. Let me explain. The mortgage team is called United Faith Mortgage, and it was started by a dad and his son and his wife and her sister. And they've grown to be one of the largest and most trusted faith-focused mortgage companies in the country. Okay, now the cool thing is that they are family run, which gives them a small personal and high care feel, but they also have big financial backing. They are an arm of a bigger company who has direct lender advantage. That's right. They use their own money. So there's no middle man, which means for you, they can get you often a better rate, saving you monthly and life long money. So if you're going to buy a home, condo, villa, tent, igloo, or whatever this year, don't miss out on United Faith Mortgage and their direct lender advantage. All right. Hey. 
head over there right now and let's do this thing. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. For licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org, NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender, not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. And friends, oh my gosh, did you know that I had never watched the series The Chosen until two months ago? I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it, but I watched it because sometimes I think, man, this stuff, this stuff's going to be corny. No, I was weeping my eyes out. You guys know I'm a Jesus person and they give the person of Jesus some life that I didn't know that I needed to see. The wait is over. Chosen season three begins in theaters November 18th. The theme of season three is come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Hey, how many of you guys are heavy burdened? I know I am. Okay. Now this season, Jesus delivers the most famous sermon in history. Y'all know that one. And his followers and enemies multiply, right? He, there's, it, there's lots of drama and tension involved, but in the midst of all the upheaval, Jesus gives rest. Episodes one and two will begin in theaters starting November 18th, and episodes will start releasing for free on The Chosen app before Christmas. For more information, visit thechosentickets.com. Now, back to these three steps I was telling y'all about when it comes to disagreeing with your friends on politics. I mean, is it is it possible? Like, is it actually possible to coexist with people that you see what they post online? And it's, I mean, do, do we have to pretend like, is that the ticket? Are you like, okay, Carlos, I'm going to pretend is do we have to pretend that the comments don't exist? Well, I mean, what do you do if you have grown to love these friends and you've come to find out that they're fill in the blank, whatever it may be. Um, I, you know what? I, I'm going to wait to tell you a story. No, I'm going to tell you now. So I have a friend of mine, very close friend, who um, we we were really different. And he's one of my closest friends when it comes to politics. And I noticed that actually this, this I go into really deep detail in my next book um, on this story, but I'm going to give you just the cliff notes. I noticed that he had like stopped following me and all the social media things. And I remember initially being like offended, but then my wife being like, well, why would he follow you? Because you're, you're talking about all the stuff that he doesn't agree with. And I was like, Oh yeah, maybe that, that's true. Um, and then, but then like, I remember Heather's like, Hey, they're coming over for dinner. And I hadn't talked to him in like three months. And I was like, Oh, Oh man, I really don't want this to happen. It's going to be awkward. And I, when he walked in and we kind of gave each other that superficial hug and then we started talking about dumb stuff. But before I know it, I knew it. I just looked at him and I was like, Hey man, like I miss you. And I put into practice these three steps that my friend Kristen Ivy has taught me that I think, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff, relationships with friends, people that aren't like blood, um, I put in these three steps into practice and I think it really, really helped our relationship in this moment because what happened was I, um, I said, Hey, so like, what's going on, man? Like, we're, we're just not, you know, 
is it, is it as simple as I think it is? And he, all, all it took was that one question asking him. And when I asked him a question, he felt free to tell me. And suddenly he's like, Hey man, like, I just feel like everything you're talking about is race these days. Like, and I just, you've never talked about race before. Um, you, and suddenly you're just like this dude that's just like talking about race all the time. And it just drives me crazy. It's not you. It's not you. And what I could have done in the moment was defend myself, right? But I immediately just defend, but that's not what we're trying to do here. Step one is ask. And when you ask, you better be ready for a reply. Step two is seek. When they give you an answer, you need to seek a little deeper, grab the answer and go a little deeper into what they mean. Okay. Ask, seek. And then last but not least, knock. When I say knock, what I mean, why would you knock if you're already? No, because once you seek and get deeper, you're going to knock into the corners of their hearts. The, the parts of their heart that um, maybe you didn't even know was there. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. You know what we do instead? We know, we assume, and we defend. Oh, no, no, I know. I know. Oh, yeah, I'm going to assume this about you. And then I'm going to defend myself. No, that's not how we get anywhere. So what I did with, oh, I almost said his name. Well, it's in my book, but what I did with my buddy is I asked. And then once he said that, I could have been like, bro, what do you mean? Like, let me tell you why all I talk about is race because it's a black man in America in 2020. But instead I seeked and I said, what do you mean when you say that, that that's not me? I, it's like, I just went farther and he goes, well, like, like you've never talked about You've never talked about this to me before. And suddenly this is all you talk about. And you know what? When he said that, I realized, guess what? He was right. As his friend, I had done a disservice to our relationship by never talking about the pain that I felt as a black man in America and things that I had to deal with as a black man in America. So suddenly this was all new to him and he was right. This wasn't me. This wasn't the me that he knew. But what I had to do was gently lead him into the me, which was knocking on his heart. So instead of defending myself, I knocked and I said, Hey, can, can I tell you a couple stories? Can, can I tell you what I've had to deal with as a black man in the South? Can I give you something? And as I begin to share with him very lovingly, his head began to turn, his eyes began to get bigger. His eyes began to well up and he began to realize that it's not that 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 it's not me. It's just that I've never shared this. So you know what I actually did? I apologized. I, me, the black man in 2020 apologized to my white friend that didn't think that I needed to be talking about this. You may be thinking to yourself, Carlos, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Look at you. You are just apologizing for no reason. No, I was asking, I was seeking, I was knocking in order to save a relationship. And guess what? There were tears and hugs had, <laughs> and and I'm closer to him than I have been in a long time. Do we still disagree? Does he still say things that drive me crazy? Absolutely. Do I still say things that drive him crazy? Absolutely. But we're, we're there for each other because it's possible. Ask, seek, knock. Don't know, assume, and defend. 
Okay. Um, man, I, f- I feel like, I, I feel like, like, like that could be, that, that could be like the ticket. Like if you guys just leave with that, with ask, seek, and knock, as opposed to what are the words again? No, assume and defend like that right there could allow you to not let somebody's small view of humanity get in the way of your large view of humanity, right? Maybe that could be it. Elevate your human over your opinion. Remember, it's not about convincing someone else to see your truth. It's not. It's about you, A, having a good relationship with you. You got to have a good relationship with you before you can have a good relationship with somebody else. If you don't have a good relationship and healthy relationship with you, I promise you, you're never going to be able to have a healthy relationship with somebody else that you love, but vehemently disagree with. So you got to work on that yourself. Make sure that you you're in therapy to fix that. Okay. Um, But just remember that we're only catching a glimpse, especially online. You're only catching a glimpse, a sliver of people's thoughts. But by the time, I mean, I would say that the people on Facebook, my friends from high school on Facebook, that most of the people in my high school on Facebook pretty much disagree with everything I say. They let me know. Um, but when they have time to get on the phones with their thumbs and, and type, that's like, that's only a, like a sliver of who they are. The fullness of their humanity, like they're probably, you know, parenting their kids, going to meetings, waiting in traffic, picking up groceries, smiling at the, you know, cashier on the way out, uh, traveling, like they're doing all these things that are the full version of who they are as a human, as opposed to the one sentence that we see a day. We need to look at, at someone's entire story. Nobody, nobody wants to be judged by a paragraph. Um, and a lot of times we're just looking at a paragraph of somebody's life and making it a, a judgment about them as opposed to looking at their entire story, at the entire book of who they are. And I, I just want to challenge all of you um, to do this, to ask, to seek, and to knock, to ask, to seek, and to, to knock, and know that it's okay if you need to place boundaries for a season. Um, and some of you may be forever, but I would say most of you, it would only be for a season and even more of you, you maybe don't even need to take a break. Like you can, you can do this. You can step into this. Um, you can do it, guys. I believe you actually can. All right. So let's go. Let's have a little just recap here. Okay. Politics is personal. We set it together. Let's not pretend that it don't, they don't impact our well-being. But it's hard. It's hard out in these streets when you got parents and family members that vehemently disagree with you. So what do we do? We got to find out what it's really about. So we got to listen to understand. Got to be a good listener. Have that hour-long conversation where you don't reply. You just reply with, mm-hmm, oh, yeah, oh, I understand now, right? I get it. Yeah, because you can understand without agreeing. Okay. Now. Remember, after that, they're going to feel seen. But what if it's still bad? Well, then shut it down. Shut it down. Sometimes the most loving reply and response we can have is silence. So in that, continue to connect over shared values because there are still shared values. I promise you, I don't care what you say. There really are. But you can mourn the loss of what used to be. And then, y'all, let's say it over and over again. We're going to say it to the beat of Dr. Delight. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. 
ask, seek, knock. Don't know, assume, and defend. Don't know, assume, and defend. No, we're going to ask, seek, knock. Come on, we're going to ask, seek, knock. Yeah, we're going to ask, seek, knock. That's what we're going to do. Hang on. We'll break down here. We'll break down. Okay, listen. I love you guys. See you next week. And don't forget, subscribing really helps. So whatever app you're listening to right now, if you could please hit follow or subscribe, it really helps um, get the podcast out in front of listeners that maybe would have never heard it before. God, I'll see you next week on another episode of the Human Hope Podcast.